Welcome to JT Data Talk, your one stop shop for opinionated analysis and witty banter on data circulating the internets. Hello, we're here, JT Data Talk. This is our first podcast. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. Thanks for having us. So, Joe, let's introduce ourselves to start off with and yeah. tell everyone why on earth they should listen to JT Data Talk. Sure. So, my name's Joe Martin. And I currently lead some analytics teams here at Adobe. And Tamara and I worked together for a very long time doing some fun analyses on data, uh, anywhere from predicting movie profitability with social buzz to looking and seeing how much money people would spend on Black Friday. And Tamara always has a good voice to bring to the data scene. Well, and Joe is social media ex influencer extraordinaire here at Adobe. Um, I'm Tamara Gaffney. I have been in many different roles, um, but most recently doing the um, leadership and oversight of Adobe Digital Insights, now working on a new program called Adobe Experience Index. I think we'll talk a little bit about Experience Index today. But JNT Data Talk is not about Adobe. Um, our views are our own and don't represent our employer. Um, and what we're going to talk about in this podcast is we're going to go and look at different pieces of information that we've seen fly by and explain what we think about them, possibly talk about methodology, maybe geek out a little bit on data. Uh, and that's what JNT Data Talk is all about. So with that, we have our first subject. You want to introduce that subject, John? Yeah, I'd love to. So I had this interesting experience with uh, StubHub the other day. So I bought these tickets to... Jim Gaffigan uh, from my wife and I to go to uh, him being in Salt Lake in December. And it was a good experience. I've used StubHub before, a uh, really seamless transaction. And when it came to getting the tickets, I actually noticed that they weren't the right ones. They were uh, ones that were in a different section um, than we had or had been advertised. And we had bought seats on the floor, so we were you know, wanting to be close and have a good view of, of what was going on. Uh, so I reached out to StubHub on Twitter, and within a couple of minutes, they had told me to send them a direct message, and we had a conversation back and forth, and they took me through the process to fix the problem. And that ultimately led to us getting slightly better seats that were about $80 to $100 more than what we had originally spent. And uh, I had tickets in hand within a week. And that all mostly happened via social and email. Um, and then the purchase happened on their uh, website channel. So it was all a digital experience. And it, it really created a, a raving fan of StubHub of me. Uh, I talked about it. Did you about rave it. about it publicly? I did, yeah. I shared it on Twitter. I shared it on LinkedIn. I've talked to lots of friends about it. It really created an opportunity to create this loyal connection with a customer, and that's ultimately who's going who's gonna to be helping you to get more business. Yeah, I mean, that's making lemonade out of lemons for them. So, okay. Well, I had a recent experience, too. Uh, I wish it were as good, <laughs> and I, I do have good experiences that I could pull from, but this one was um, an application called Noom, and I saw it on Facebook, and it was a, um, it said something about, you know, don't go old school with Weight Watchers, sign up for Noom, and because it was on Facebook, it didn't have a lot of details in it, and I didn't really see a lot of details, so I signed up for it because I'm interested in that, and I... Um, 
I, I did have, I put in my credit card knowing that they would probably charge my credit card after a period of time, but it was a free trial. So uh, I didn't realize it was a two-week free trial instead of a 30-day tr free trial. And they didn't send me any notice saying your free trial is over. We're now going to charge your credit card unless you say no. Mm -hmm. Or ending. And, yep. Yeah. And they also um, didn't tell me that they were going to select a four-month plan and a $159 charge. And then they didn't tell me that their cancellation policy was that they give no refunds. And so essentially to me, it was kind of like, this is a bit of a Ponzi scheme almost where you're charging me for things way in advance and won't give me a credit back. I was really disappointed. I sent them several messages. I finally got a message back saying, what you need to do is go back into your account and select one month instead of four months and then cancel again. And then we'll credit you back you know, the rest that you're due. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, really, they should just find a way to give me my money back or I'm going to have bad thoughts about them and have a bad experience and I'm going to say that um, to my friends. And so that's kind of where I am with that one. I'm, I'm really irritated. Um, it was a good app, um, but it really wasn't worth that much money to me. And it's a, it's a misconnection because obviously their marketing was solid. Yeah. Uh, social marketing is very catchy. It's usually quick moving, catches your eye. It's very targeted. But the missed opportunity there is is you don't want to continue the trial. And now they're creating this bad press from someone who could have some influence in circles. And it just leads to... Well, it's an experience breaker. Yep. You had an experience maker. Yeah. And that's the topic we want to talk about today. We want to throw some data at you because that's data talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, you had looked at some stuff. Um, I've got some stuff, too. Why don't you start with some stats and let's yeah. talk about it. There was this study from uh, a company called Walker, and they came out with two stats that were really compelling to me. Uh, one says 86% of buyers are willing to pay more for an experience. Um, which I could see. Uh, I think of it almost like the, well, your tic the ticket example. Well, your tickets was experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So think about going to a concert or something. You're you're willing to pay a little more to get closer to uh, have a better seat. It's it's the same thing with a business. Um, if you're going, are you going to go to somewhere that you hate going, or are you going to go somewhere that's maybe a little bit more expensive, but you don't want to tear your hair out when you're leaving? I think I would be willing to pay more for an experience. And that's supported by another stat from the same study that says by 2020, uh, people think experience will overtake price and product as the key brand differentiator. So we've been in this like decade long price battles between Amazon and Walmart and everybody's price matching now. Uh, but maybe there's that group that is willing to pay that extra amount for something that is the product but also a good experience. There's good customer service, there's good follow-up, there's some loyalty there uh, that can be created. Yeah, it's really, it's really about loyalty and retention and how much of our effort as business people is going towards that. Um, and it's pretty obvious when you're a consumer to see if they're, <laughs> if they're spending any time trying to make you happy or they're just kind of, you know, telling you, deal with us. Um, we have our rule or whatever, and you're just going to have to f get in line. Uh, and, and I think that the, we have changed a lot because of being able to have good experiences. And we now know what a good experience is like. 
Yep. And we're not willing to put up with anything else yeah. anymore. It's kind of a almost a cost of entry to, to offer a good experience. Um, I have a stat, too. And uh, this one's a little bit of an esoteric one, so give me a minute because it's going to take some it's going to take some describing. Which brings me to uh, point number one about stats: they shouldn't be this hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> when we worked on Adobe Digital Insights, we spent a lot of time talking about how to simplify a statistic yep. so that it was understandable. And this is something that, as far as the data geeking out part of our conversation, we really have to. S- what was the quote about I would have wrote a, a shorter book but it was too difficult or yeah. uh, there was a quote like that I, I have to find that quote but anyways being simple is hard being simple with statistics is hard and this one is not simple so I'll just you know but it's not ours <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from serious decisions research um, serious decisions is a company that does um, survey research on business to business type companies so just for full disclosure, this is, um, this is their work. And one of the things that they have put together is a correlation. A correlation is when something looks like it's related to something else. It isn't causation. Um, and for those of you statistics geeks out there, this is not as good as causation. But correlation is pretty good, and sometimes it's the best we have. Um, but when we look at something like net promoter score, for example, we measure, most companies measure net promoter score, and that's the number of people who will say something nice about you or will say that they want to work with you again, which is essentially what you just said yep. um, willing, you did. Willing to promote you to other right. people. Some yep. people will do that just in their own mind. Some people will literally go to social media or to their friends and say something to promote a company. Yep. Um, but net promoter score is a pretty important metric that most companies track. And if an NPS score is improved by 11% or more, there is a 63% correlation that there was a consumer experience investment versus no consumer experience investment, which only had 34% um, correlation. And so it's over, it's just about 30%, not quite 30% difference in seeing customer experience and getting the net promoter score. So we know that the net promoter score is important to drive revenue for a company. So this isn't just something that we're talking about that has no impact. This has seriously large impact, and I would argue more impact than anything else, although I don't have that stat. I'm, I'm gonna go find <laughs> it though. Um, so you know, let's talk about that. Uh, how do we get business people to invest and understand that doing something like Noom did, where they charged me four months for something that I didn't know I was going to get hit for and then told me that I couldn't get my money back. That sort of experience, um, obviously someone made that decision because they're going to loop a whole bunch of short timers in and make 150 bucks each, and they're looking at their revenue. Yep, it's a short-term play. It's, it's not going to create long-term benefits because there's going to be probably more people like you who are annoyed that this trial, first of all, most trials are 30 days. Um, and then it ended early, earlier than you expected as the norm. But then also you're automatically charged. You know, there's there's brands that do it well that will say your trial is expiring in 14 days, your trial is expiring in seven days. I think LinkedIn recently, I did a LinkedIn premium account. They told me, you know, ahead of time, we're gonna be charging your account, your trial is expiring, it's gonna go to real time. 
And those are notifications that we've kind of come to expect and been primed with. So if you're not at least doing that as a brand, then you're going to be lower than everybody else. Absolutely. LinkedIn, perfect, great example of a good experience with a recurring subscription model. Uh, it doesn't have to be a bad experience. It yeah. just has to be transparent. Yeah. We have to understand what we're getting into and be a, a willing consumer. Um, but I don't think that businesses know how to measure loyalty as well. They don't know how to make the dollars and cents kinds of decisions between uh, better loyalty and retention and a, a short-term revenue gain. And that, that seems to be a big challenge for consumer so let's, uh, experiences. Let's talk about Noom a little bit more. I mean, it, we probably can assume that they're a smaller company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably new, venture capital new funded. New to the space. They've yeah. created this program that is probably backed by some sort of data that they've done. And they've obviously seen some revenue from it. And so they're building this business. So if you're a new startup, what do you focus on? It's been such a focus on product and IT. Should there be more of a focus on that customer element? You know, I wish there was a a single answer, right? Because those companies are trying to bring in revenue to pay for all the development that they've done to create that app. And they have some venture capitalists who are chomping at the bit to make sure that they, they, you know, don't have to keep funding them. Yeah. And they're probably been negative for X amount of time. And and that's one of the challenges in this new digital economy with um, consumer experiences just, you know, kind of competing with um, the investment cost of starting up a big, um, big mobile app or um, data service or something like that. So I don't even know what those costs are. Um, pretty, I feel pretty entrepreneurial. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things I'm sure somebody, somebody probably listening to this podcast knows what those costs are. Put that in the comments. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so this serious decision stuff though, definitely shows a correlation between increased investment in consumer experiences and the growth of a company. Um, it says that, um, cross-sell is, is way higher when you have a good experience. And cross-sell, for those of you who don't know, is when you already have a customer and you try and sell them on something else that you, that you have. Um, obviously, if you have a customer and they're not, very unha- they're not very happy, they're not gonna buy more from you. So cross-sell was uh, an 18% correlation versus 2% for no investment in consumer experience. Right, so if you, it, let's just say for simplicity's sake, they can get a dollar from everybody by making them sign up for this four month trial. But that's losing out on the potential of you becoming a retained customer, which we all know it's harder to acquire right. than retain and, then, and cost more and, money. And, and maybe upselling me to a premium yeah. version. Or really buying into the culture and maybe they have t-shirts and like there's this whole opportunity to get you as this customer of holistically and they're so focused on just that one-time revenue spike yeah. that really delays that experience. It's a shame, you know, and, and this brings me to the Experience Index, which is a program that is survey-based that I started um, back in February here at Adobe. And what we're trying to do with it, and it's not by any means perfect, it's kind of V1 type, type work, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to take examples of experiences 
that are real life experiences like the ones we just described and go and ask 1,500 people in the United States on a regular basis to tell us how much they would promote a company over that or detract from a company. You know, how much of a maker or breaker is it? There's a scale. And, um, and then we take all those scales and we group them together. And we want to do all kinds more groupings. And in fact, we'd really like to develop enough data so that we can create a prediction about which things are going to create the most breakage or makeage, yep. <laughs> to, yeah. to coin a new term. Yeah, um, there's a science behind experience yeah, making. It, it is. There is science, but it's not very well It's not defined. Defined, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're trying to define it with data. And we, we went out and asked these uh, consumers, and we did it in six different countries. So I'm not going to go into all the countries on this podcast. But let me tell you about the United States. Um, we grouped up the various types of examples. And I'm just going to read you a couple of examples that we gave people. Um, I receive an alert for new content that I might like or a new episode of a series that I'm watching. That's just an experience, Mm -hmm. for example. Or my travel booking site uses my travel history and a link to my electronic calendar to send me alerts about travel. I might want to book. It finds the lowest price for a flight, hotel, car rental, and notifies me that there's a lower price. Mm -hmm. Something like that, right? So we asked those questions. They were not all happy questions like the ones I just gave. Some of them were breakers. And we aggregated the findings. Um, We summed it all up and weighted it and gave it an index, which means that we kind of put it into the terms of 100%, where you could you could see, relatively speaking, how well were we doing. And what we basically came up with is that um, businesses are getting about a D minus in experiences from consumers. That's a little scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's also opportunity. So yep. for those entrepreneurs out there who want to do, ocean. I mean, seriously, if you want to make a better mousetrap. You don't have to go make a better mousetrap. You just have to make a better experience with an existing yeah, mousetrap. Yeah. Well, and there's an opportunity. Like you said, There's maybe there's a space for agencies that focus on experience or maybe there's a, a product in the future that kind of creates these experiences for these businesses. Exactly. And that's why short-term revenue type of decisions in companies are going to create um, – fancy MBA word, disintermediation. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I know that one. <laughs> yep. And um, uh, so, but what did we see that consumers were, uh, that the consumers said that companies were doing best at? Um, knowing me kind of came out at the top. Respecting me was a part of that, but we need to break that out because this was all done before Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> <laughs> right, yep. So, um, so know me was doing the best at 61 out of 100. And delight me at every turn, which is innovation, new features, things like that, were um, coming in at 57 out of 100. The places where businesses are really struggling, and it's the, it's kind of has to do with the things we just talked about. The worst one is speaking in one voice. That's having consistent policies, mm-hmm. consistent pricing, consistent experiences from one channel yep. to the other. Yeah. Uh, the other one, yeah, it's really challenging, and and it. And it's very hard because companies are usually run by departments and departments don't talk yeah. to each other and it's yeah. a mess. Um, and the other one was make technology transparent. You know, don't make me have to figure out all of your little pieces. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in the tech world, but we're telling businesses work on breaking down the silos, making sure that they're, you know, really consistent with consumers and consistent and the consumers know 
what their policies are and understand them. And um, don't make me work too hard to get around your technology impediments. And take that piece that companies are doing well of knowing people, which is, is a key component of customer experience, of creating personalized experiences um, and paths to that ultimate loyalty. But using that one thing you're good at as kind of a launching board to, to improve on those other things is really going to be valuable. So I think we are about at time for our very first podcast. I want to leave with one thought that I would love for anyone who listens to the podcast to comment or send us a message. We're going to put a, how to reach us um, and connect with us, please. Um, love, to, love to hear from you out there. What, what experiences have you had, makers or breakers? Because this list of various experiences I call the experiences bank and we really need to create a very lengthy, good list of different kinds of industries and go out regularly post consumers and start to um, create a benchmark of what kind of experiences are essentially, you know, minimum threshold. Like you better, better make this and then where do we get to delightful? And, and help businesses with real data make better decisions about why they should invest in experiences. Yeah, join us on the consumer experience movement as we try and put together this index that will really help with data to help businesses create these experiences. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll lead change in making more StubHubs and less Nooms. Um, but go ahead and follow uh, me on Twitter at Jody Marty and Tamara at Tamara G at Tamara G and also our old team at Adobe Insights. Yeah, follow them for sure. They put out some really great stats. Yeah, lots of fun stats there. Uh, and then we're going to be setting up a Slack channel as well, and we will add details on that uh, in the podcast information. Uh, and also look below um, where we put all the information for the podcast. We'll try and link to as many things as we can that we talked about in every podcast so you can go and geek out on your own data yep. talk. We'll share all the sources. Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks. Check us out again. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Share your thoughts and data you find interesting on our Slack channel, JNT Data Talk. And follow us on Twitter at, at Tamara G and at Joe D. Marty.